Welcome back to the Red Nice Diaries. I'm your host, John, and today we're going to be talking about stereotypical characteristics for non-human or demi-human races in your D&D campaign. Okay, so if you've been playing D&D for any length of time, you'll be familiar with the fact that there's certain characteristics inherent with the demi-human races. You know the vibe. Dwarves are greedy. They're good at mining. Elves are dexterous. They have innate sorceress talents. They've got amazing eyesight and hearing. They can move unseen through forests. Halflings are jovial or nimble and dexterous and light-fingered. They like a bit of thievery. Gnomes are quirky and bizarre. Half-orcs are brutish and brooding and have a massive chip on their shoulder. Well, probably a whole bag of chips on their shoulder, to be honest. Tieflings are sinister and emo. Stuff like that. Recently, D&D's tried to move away from that with more modern iterations. Whether you think that's a good idea or a bad idea is entirely down to you. Personally, I'm not a massive fan of it, but, you know, to each their own. But why am I not a fan of it? Well, because in some ways, I think that actually having these stereotypical characteristics in inverted commas can be a really good thing. Now, because the book frames all dwarves as miners or all orcs as horrible brutish barbarians, does that mean they all have to be that way within your campaign? No, of course it doesn't. Obviously, as GM, you're free to do whatever you want with the different races in your campaign. And as a player character, you're often a little bit of an outsider or a bit different to the run-of-the-mill people of your species anyway. So again, you have a fairly free reign. However, certain races do have a certain propensity towards uh, different lifestyles and the way i've always looked at it for right or wrong this is just my opinion is that the sort of stereotypical portrayal of an elf say tends to be how that race is perceived by those outside it and there's probably a reason for that now sort of prejudice and stereotyping might have a reason for that but perhaps it's just the case that those Elves who tend to leave the bosom of elven society and strike out into adventuring, which isn't a common path for any races, even humans. You have to have a certain sort of something about you to be willing to sacrifice the admittedly banal sort of safety of a normal life such as it is and risk plundering ancient tombs and questing out on missions of daring do. So I think it's safe to say that all player characters are probably seen as a little bit quirky by the other members of their own race, the more normal and inverted commas members of their own race, and that's putting it charitably. So perhaps there's a certain skill set or a certain personality type that more lends itself to going out on the life of an adventurer. So you might say, well, why would that lead to them being more like the sort of stereotypical view of their race? And well, we see this in a number of different media. And in fact, I was thinking about this while I've just been watching a, an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine with Hannah, where it was an episode, a very sort of wolf-centric episode. And he's a prime example of that type of character. You know, someone who is an outcast from his own, in this case, Klingon society so he clings more closely 
to those characteristics he associates with his race than many other members of his race actually display during the series. And perhaps this is true for adventurers who leave the, the bosom of their race and go out to plumb the depths of horrible tombs and crypts. So maybe your dwar not all dwarves are miners and stuff like that, probably, but maybe your dwarf finds it comforting to sort of lean into that because that's one of the things that reminds him of home. So he more sort of tries to live up to being like the ideal or the dwarven society's ideal of what a a dwarf should be, hoping to put out there the best characteristics of his race. He mingles with humans, elves, halflings, and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, a dwarf, you are. You must be good at uh, mining and stuff like that. And maybe he sort of, he wants to show that like, yeah, us dwarves have got something to be proud of in this heritage. We are miners. We can do all of these fantastic things involving gems and with the earth and stuff like that. Maybe likewise the elf, he's trying to live up to that ideal of all elves are wise. They all deal with the arcane. They all have a certain sense of the fey and the mystical about them. And that, that's just a, a sort of pet theory of mine. Obviously, it doesn't have to be true in your game. But I'll tell you one reason why I think that having these stereotypical characteristics might be good on an out-of-game level. Well, because it gives the players a great and easy-to-understand hook into playing that character. Now, depending on how you run your games, the way I like to run them is characters tend to start off with a little bit of background, probably a few bullet points, and then they develop as they're played in game and the player characters get to sort of like feel their way around within the characters and they get to expand their portrayal of them as the game goes on rather than creating loads of background and stuff like that that you then have to try and sort of keep up during the game just play the game and find out who the character is as you discover it yourself as the game goes on but until you do discover that having this little easy hook into what type of character you're going to be playing can be very useful so if i bounce up to an osr game or whatever or a standard DD game and i'm like okay um, i'm not really sure what i'm going to play i've rolled some stats i want i'm looking at playing a dwarf character immediately i can go like all oh, right yeah he's probably a bit grouchy he's probably got a beard well let's face it he has got a beard He's probably like into his mining. He likes his ale. He likes songs, stuff. He's basically a short Klingon, let's face it. He loves all of that stuff. And that means I can very easily get straight into playing that character. Same with, like, say if I go for a Harveling. Oh, yeah, I'm quite jolly. I'm very dexterous. I love all the comforts of home. You know, your standard sort of Tolkien-esque, like, Hobbit or Harveling. And obviously, I will develop it from that point. But that gives me a really good starting off point. And it means I'm not going to get barraged by other people with loads of questions about, oh, what's your character? Where did your character come from? And stuff like that. I can just get on with it and say, right, I'm playing a dwarf, a halving, an elf, whatever. He's uh, These are the skills he's got. Let's bounce into the game and let's get on with it. And then as I start playing that character, then I can start developing him. And I normally try and build on the, the sort of like the background stuff. So... I might sort of, as we're going along, let's say I'm playing this hypothetical like dwarven character, as we're going along, maybe when I fail one of my roles to like determine construction tricks or whatever, if you're playing BX D&D &D or Old School Essentials, maybe I fail a role like that and I might just slip in a mention that 
actually my family were never really involved in the mines i've sort of picked up a bit here and there but like maybe my my father was an outcast from dwarven society and my parents were or maybe i didn't fancy that life myself so i left and i've only sort of picked up some of that afterwards or maybe i succeed in these roles and i really say yep yeah, my my family are miners born and bred they've got the uh, the ore flowing through their veins etc and i far prefer to develop my characters like that as they go along and in relation to what happens in the game i'm a great fan of the idea that the story of your DD session is just whatever happens in the game it's not something you try and set up beforehand it's just the events that occur and they that's the ignominy of defeat and the triumph of victory in equal measures now you might say oh well doesn't that make your character look terribly stereotypical and i suppose it does to a certain degree it's a certain amount of game artifice but let's face it certainly if you're playing DD, it's not as though the human characters aren't a little bit stereotypical as well oh you're a fighter you're probably either fairly muscular and you carry a melee weapon or you're dexterous and you've got a ranged weapon if you're a, a wizard you're probably quite intelligent you've maybe got a lower constitution you're not quite as tough as the frontliners stuff like that and even if you're one of those rare characters who is playing against type you're defining that character purely by their opposition to the stereotype so you still need that stereotype in order to have something to oppose and to sort of like bounce yourself off so I think certainly in a class and level system like D&D, having these sort of stereotypes, these hooks that you can grab onto for demi-human races is a very useful thing. It makes it easier for players to get into playing a character straight away. And also, it gives you a springing off point if you do want to further develop your character or maybe diverge from that later on. So anyway, that's just been a few of my ramblings about why I think the the stereotypes of demi-humans are useful. Have you got any thoughts on whether you think they're useful or not? Do you think they're horrendous? Do you think they're great? Let us know. We might feature you in a future episode. You can get in touch via a number of different ways. You can leave us a voicemail message using Anchor or SpeakPipe. Link in the description down below. Or you can send us an email to rdrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun. Thank you.